points in the health system. Welcome to the Tippis Podcast. The Tippis Project. Michael Gill, you are distinguished research professor at University of California, Los Angeles, as well as at the École Normale Supérieure in Paris. And you're one of the grand old men in climate science, I have heard. Uh, you have contributed to the understanding of the climate system for decades and are part of the TIPIS project. Years ago, decades ago, you found methods to try and filter out noise and find rules, if I may call them that. As a mathematician, I don't know if you would call them rules, but I mean the rules that govern the, the climate system, basically, underneath all the noise and all the things that go on on top of that. Could you explain about that? Quite so. Um, uh, well, the rules are usually called in physics laws. They're not like the laws that uh, may change from a country to another. These are laws that presumably prevail everywhere in the universe and certainly on the entire surface of the planet. Um, yes, uh, one of the ways that um, you discover these laws is by looking at observations. And uh, climatic observations are fairly short. Uh, we only have good instrumental observations for about a century and a half, uh, which is compared to timescales uh, like decades or generations for uh, certain slow phenomena in the ocean. So they're short and they're noisy because on top of something that might proceed like uh, a change in the Gulf Stream over several years, you have storms that pass by, which are noise. So it's very important to have certain advanced methods. And indeed, we've devised such methods that allow us, in particular, to distinguish trends from a stationary process. And what would that be? Trends from a stationary process in the climate system? What is that? Is that the astronomical situation for Earth or something? Well, uh, uh, Right. Uh, like, like where the Earth is in the solar system, at which point, correct, which way it's pointing in space and stuff? Will, which will influence the way that ice sheets might grow or to the contrary melt. Mm. Uh, and on the other hand, uh, interesting types of behavior of the climate system itself. In other words, things that are a climatic version of uh, the sound of a chord or the sound of a drum, or the sound of a trumpet. Mm. It turns out that each one of those instruments has very different ways of vibrating. The number of scales of motion from the few uh, minutes that it takes for water to fall out of a cloud to uh, the hours for a cold front to hit us to the decades it takes for uh, ocean circulation to change the, it, the system is indeed quite complex. The repetitions involved in large El Ninos are not the same as the repetitions in the passing of successive polar, successive cold fronts. Mm. So uh, the picture I get from what you're saying here is that the climate system is like is like an enormous orchestra where everybody is playing. People are maybe playing their own tunes all the time, on instruments that uh, resonate in different ways and oscillates in different ways. But way, way down, we're talking about oscillations. We're just like in an orchestra, we're talking about like a string on a violin that vibrates. That, those are the basic uh, things that's going on, isn't it? Yes, it is. Um, 
it's a lovely uh, metaphor. Uh, the climate system is an orchestra. Uh, well, there is no uh, conductor <laughs> that no. we know. <laughs> no. Well, humanity is trying to play its own trumpet right now. Well, uh, it's trying, uh, you know, uh, you know the saying about a camel being a horse designed by a committee. <laughs> you know, if you are trying, if you are trying to think of of the United Nations or even of the Security Council as being in any way able to play the role of a conductor, I think you're pretty naive, but anyhow. Um, so it is an orchestra, but again, uh, not only don't they all play to the same tuning fork and to the same sheet music, uh, but also they have uh, very different instruments and so um, again, chords might be very sweet and the drum uh, might be rather explosive and, you know, a trumpet might again have a different set of overtones. So all these things are fairly difficult to disentangle. So again, what we're trying to do with these sophisticated uh, methods of um, uh, listening to and understanding the music is to understand the laws according to which they are playing. Mm-hmm. And and all the instruments here, those are it's the solar system is, is one thing that mm-hmm. the way the, the the earth is tilted in space while going around yes. the obliquity of how the uh, the earth is going around the sun and stuff like that 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 governs uh, in how much energy arrives at which part of the earth uh, in the seasons and stuff like that it's all these oscillations that play together. Well, it it modulates it as uh, some of you might know. Um, um, already uh, Pythagoras spoke, spoke about the music of the spheres with the idea that indeed the celestial bodies might uh, play as overtones of each other, but it turns out that that is not at all so. As a matter of fact, there's a certain kind of dissonance that leads to what we call now deterministic chaos and to irregularity and uh, a certain degree of misbehavior, if you will. Well, but this misbehavior can be modeled mathematically, right? Yes. Okay, uh, then comes the different yeah. problem. That's the, the other oscillations. What, what kind of oscillations are they? Well, uh, you know, one, one oscillation, for instance, if you do think again of these uh, recurring ice ages that uh, we were hinting at before, when discussing uh, the modulation of solar radiation by these orbital parameters, by obliquity, precession, eccentricity. At least the laws there are well known, at least since the beginning of the 19th century in Laplace. But it is Poincaré who realized that there's a certain degree of irregularity. Now, if you come to the climate system, we cannot, while there are certain laws of conservation of energy and mass and momentum, that do apply to the atmosphere and oceans and even the ice sheets. Um, There are more detailed laws which one might want to derive from those which we do not know and which we try to infer by cleaning up these observations to provide us nice um, uh, inputs into our models. Mm. And that's what you've been developing methods for for doing. The tip is project here is about finding and, and defining maybe also and uh, and also finding the, t- the thresholds for when the tipping points are going to kick in and change the run of the whole thing. Um, if we try to, to stay in this metaphor of the large orchestra, how would we recognize a tipping point in such a system? 
uh, well, um, let's say that uh, you have the uh, uh, the violinist uh, sitting close to the border of the podium, and uh, a heavy one sort of falls over the other ones, and they all fall off. Well, I think that the whole orchestra is going to be a little bit uh, upset. Uh, you know, maybe the conductor is going to interrupt the performance. Okay. And then the question is, uh, well, uh, maybe if it all happened pretty smoothly, they can get back on the podium and start playing again. But uh, maybe somebody got really hurt badly, so they have to go to the hospital. So <laughs> you can see that situations, you know, there are things that might be reversible if one acts uh, sufficiently rapidly. I don't know how successful this metaphor was, but there might be other situations in which it might be too late. Uh, so, uh, you know, not sitting too close to the, to the margin of the podium might be a good idea. And that's in some sense what we're trying to find out. How close to the margin of the podium are we sitting right now with our radiation balance such as it is? and uh, without perturbing it too much by uh, spewing up a lot of uh, greenhouse gases. Mm-hmm. Or to the opposite, aerosols. I mean, uh, people who talk about geoengineering maybe too much think of putting a lot of sulfate up there and that could have the opposite effect. You know, we could uh, fall, instead of having the, the, the violin uh, core falling off, it might be, you know, the trumpetists or mm-hmm. something. But it's such, you might say, uh, uh, changes to the system that just creates a new situation. And, 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 and you, you have these in all physical systems, or many physical systems, yeah. and expect that also in the climate uh, system. Yeah, let me give a simple example. Uh, you know, a quadratic equation, which I hope we've all learned in, not in kindergarten, at least in high school. That's x squared or something? Yeah, yeah, that's x squared plus something. You know, uh, it has two roots. So it says there are two real numbers for certain values of the coefficients. There are two real numbers that are solutions of that equation. So this is a very good simile for what we're talking about. The laws can have two very different states as conforming to the same law. So the climate system can have two different states that it can jump between. Yes. Being pushed by something. Exactly. What, this TIPIS project, what do you think we might be able to achieve uh, during these years, and do you think it's going to be successful? Well, uh, it's, uh, it's a very good group of people coming into the project with a lot of valuable tools, and uh, it's uh, rather well devised in terms of having interactions precisely bec- between the data, and in particular paleo data, Uh, paleoclimatic data and the modeling, uh, modeling of different types. Uh, uh, So I think that uh, very good progress can be made in four years. The TIPIS project has received funding from the European Union's Horizon 2020 Research and Innovation Programme under grant agreement number 820970.